Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a fun show in store for you today. I've got a wonderful, wonderful guest I can't wait to bring on. Um, But first, of course, we have our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening, um, and it's still available uh, for everyone out there uh, on Amazon, um, and you can just go to everydayawakeningbook.com to get it. And so today's section, I think it's rather apropos, is entitled, Creation is About Joy and the Possibilities Within Us. We can all be creative. We create in different ways all the time, and we don't have to be artists or musicians to be creative. So what stops us from being creative, from feeling our creative juices flowing? Is it about pressure and deadlines or about inspiration? Maybe we don't have enough free time to allow ourselves to play, or maybe it is something else. Maybe it has nothing to do with the external world. Maybe it has more to do with our connection to our soul. Sometimes when we feel that we've made a mistake or taken a wrong turn, we blame ourselves. We diminish and judge ourselves. When we do that, we cut ourselves off from our joy, from our passion, from our spirit. When we feel unworthy or broken, how can we let new ideas in? How can we dance and play? It is only by connecting with our innocence that we can begin to create to make something new, to solve a difficult problem or turn things around. To connect to our innocence takes intimacy with ourselves. It takes truthfulness. It takes connection and community. For if we encourage ourselves just a little, we can achieve a lot. If we can be be gentle with ourselves and allow ourselves the time we need to heal our inner wounds, we can find that place inside of us, that place we hide away when we don't feel safe, that amazing little place where we feel whole and complete and can run wild. There is joy inside, somewhere deep within all of us. Sometimes it surfaces, and then we allow ourselves to play, to create. Creation is not about making something. It is about playing with our imagination. 
freeing it to run wild in the field of possibilities, to conceive of what might be, not what is. Creation is about imbuing all the ideas before us with breath. As you breathe and dance around in wonder, wonder and awe, what can you create today? Mm. I, lo I love this section of the book um, talking about creation. And, and this was something that I had learned from my teacher uh, a, a while ago, where he spoke about how the antidote to fear, in a way, is creation, is joy. But in order to be creative, in order to create, we have to allow ourselves to connect to that side of us. And in order to connect to that side of us, we need to feel good about ourselves. We need to uh, have fun and laugh and dance and, and, and just let the good stuff in, be joyful. And sometimes it's not so easy. And, and this is something, you know, I definitely have experienced this myself. Absolutely. I'm the pot calling the kettle black because I know for myself, I put so much pressure on myself sometimes to, to show that I can do good work and that, you know, I can make things happen. Like I just did a, a group this past weekend and, and I didn't realize through most of the time I was in the group, I was so concerned and focused on creating magic and taking people deep and having people have a transformative event that I wasn't really truly present to what was going on right in front of me. And, and also, I, I know that there was some judgment and there was some proving going on in there. And, and because of that, actually other people kind of felt that energy even if i never said a thing even if it didn't outwardly didn't appear that way and so people uh were a little bit more on the surface they didn't go deep magic didn't happen it was the exact opposite because when we try and force magic it often just slips through our fingers and and so it's when we're just living in our joy and we're just being happy and we're just pursuing what it is that that makes us so passionate about life like that's when magic really flourishes that's when we we give space to it and we don't even give thought to it but there's room for magic in our lives and then it comes out in the most beautiful of ways so yeah this is a a, a lesson i am constantly learning and and being aware of myself uh, I think we can all do with giving ourselves a little bit more of a break of, of being a little gentler with ourselves, of, of finding a way not to judge ourselves so much and, and to just give ourselves the freedom to be creative, to be, to, to, to daydream and, and, and to dance in our imagination because it's one of our greatest, greatest assets and, and when we allow our imagination to run wild, amazing things can come of it. And in order to do that, sometimes we, we just need to uh, be, a little, uh, be a little more open. Take a breath. Just, just take a moment to stop. Relax. Take a breath in. Let it out. And just feel where are we in this present moment. 
So a wonderful section from my book. Uh, this is from the sort of the second part, which is all about growth and other things. So I, I hope you liked it. And again, if something I said resonates with you, if, if there's some message in there you feel touches you and you'd like to see more of that, please go to uh, www.everydayawakeningbook.com. And uh, now, and I see uh, Patty on the Facebook Live checking in from Washington State. Thank you, Patty. Great to see you. Glad you're joining us today. And now it is my pleasure uh, to introduce to you Elise Krenzel. Um, Under My Skin is Elise Krenzel's coming-of-age memoir. She reveals with humor and candor her nine lives before the age of 20. She's an amazing woman, overcoming near death as a child, an upbringing with few boundaries, unmatched dissonance from an abusive mother and a narcissistic father. As a young journalist on the KISS Constellation Tour in Japan, she negotiated a job with a Japanese music industry megalith and stayed. She was 19 years old years old. Yet beneath her glamorous, street-smart exterior lay a tender-hearted, vulnerable Jewish girl from the Bronx. Fellow Bronxite, you know, I love my people. In 2008, after Elise returned from living in Europe for 20 years, she formed EK Public Relations. It is a culmination of her career adventures and amazing life experiences in five countries and three continents. She's courageously pioneered and built from scratch successful media and marketing enterprises over the course of her 25-plus year career. Starting as a music journalist when she toured with Kiss in Japan, and then spent the next five years operating the first foreign-owned music talent and booking agency in Tokyo. She launched the first privately held interactive digital travel guide publishing house in Europe that offered GPS back in the early 90s, man, this is like in ancient times, and, and uh, a nonprofit AIDS organization in South Africa serving uh, servicing youth through music video PSAs. She's authored two books, she runs two blogs and loves public speaking. And it is my pleasure to welcome Elise to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Welcome, Elise. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I mean, I just know from 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 reconnecting with you and, and uh, talking a little bit before the show that we are definitely kindred spirits. Yes, we are. So... Um, you grew up in the Bronx. We talk about it in, in, in a neighbor not not so far from me. Um, before, like, you know, it just amazes me that you had the gumption at, at, at as a teenager to kind of get up and go to, to Japan. Um, what was it you think that really gave you that, that chutzpah, <laughs> you know, that nerve to be able to say at such a young age, like, I'm going to go off to another continent? You know, back in those days, um, it was still the the formation of women's lib, right? And I was very young. My mother was a women's libber. Uh. Extremely, she was extremely liberal in her way. She wanted me to experience life and art. On the other hand, I was suppressed emotionally. Mm. And there was a lot of drama. And the subtitle of my book, just to tell everyone, Under My Skin, Drama, Trauma, and Rock and Roll. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. So that kind of sums it up. And I had this mindset, like if Marco Polo could do it, so can Elise Krenzel. 
I had my first taste of travel at 16 when I went to Europe on a teen tour. Ah, okay. So I visited nine countries and I knew that summer, oh my God, there is no way I'm living in America. <laughs> I'm, I'm either getting back to Europe, which I did. Mm -hmm. I came back to New York and you asked about gumption and chutzpah. Well, I decided to merge two talents. I wow. did not want to go to college. I hated school. Ah, uh, okay. I'm, I'm a self-didact. I've taught myself what I need to know and what I want to know. Mm -hmm. I've learned from other people. I learn through books, seminars, reading, etc. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was that after Europe and while I was still in high school, I became a, a music journalist. Uh, well, it took two years to get published. Okay. Okay. That's still pretty good as a teenager. I was not going to give up. No does not mean no. And I probably learned that from my father, who was this master salesman that went around telling everyone, I can sell ice to the Eskimos. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. And 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 so just just to kind of tease the audience, how was it that you decided to go to Japan? Okay, I didn't re Okay, I decided it once I was invited. I got a phone call. I'm 19 years old. I'm mm -hmm. basically an unknown journalist in New York City. However, I had a strategy, which is mm -hmm. probably why I got called. Ah. Uh... My strategy at that time was to become the New York correspondent for Canadian and British trade magazines. Ah. Because then I figured, okay, I'll be reporting on the scene and the industry. And if I report on the industry, I'll get to meet the industry insiders. If I meet the industry insiders, I will get scoops that others mm -hmm. don't get. Right. So right. I not only reported on the industry, I also could interview musicians. Gotcha. That was down the line, though. Ah. So I get a call from Kiss's manager. This is about February 1977. Would you like to go on tour with us? And the snooty, stuck-up little brat that I was said, no, I don't like the band. No? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm not going to write a nice review. na na nee, na 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 Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Click. Three weeks later, I get a call from Kiss's manager. And he says, wow. you, you are going to like this. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm only going to like it if I can write what I want. Because I had this moralistic approach that I have to write my honest opinion about the industry and about bands, including mm -hmm. the, the gossip and the, the drugs or whatever was going on behind the scenes. And he said, I guarantee you can write what you want. You're going to love it. <clears throat> and we need you to go on the tour because right after Japan, we're touring Canada. Ah, gotcha. gotcha. All right. Let, let's leave it there for a moment. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about what that experience was actually like for you in Japan and then how you got to stay there afterwards. Okay. Sure. 
Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook on Facebook Live. And we will be right back with Elise Krenzel right after this. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, we're speaking with Elise Krenzel, author of the upcoming book, Under My Skin. So Elise, so you got this call. He actually called you back twice. So the, the manager of KISS, I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> you actually turned him down. I, I wonder if turning him down the first time got him to want you to come even more. And, and then they call you back. And then uh, why did you finally say yes? I finally said yes, because he said to me that I could write a review in the manner I saw fit. But he was he was absolutely certain that I would love the band. I'd be blown away by the band. I had never seen them live because I didn't uh, like the band. Uh, and I thought that their rock and roll was 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 juvenile. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then. You go, you get on the plane, you go to Japan. What happened? What, what was your experience like with them? Oh, this is this is a couple of chapters in the book. I'm going to say in You'll a nutshell. Give us the Reader's Digest version. Re- Reader's Digest version. <laughs> um, well, what do we want to talk about? Kiss themselves. I mean, you, you, we, we arrive in, in Tokyo, mm-hmm. 
And there's more than 5,000 screaming girls that look like miniature kiss dolls. <laughs> Porcelain dolls screaming, you know, kiss kiss It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, the interviews with the band was like less than less than surprising and just regular <laughs> guys from Queens. Uh-huh. I happen to really appreciate Peter Chris the most of all of them. He was mm. super authentic. Oh yeah? Oh, okay. Super authentic. Um Japan itself was mind boggling, mind blowing. I like to say that country is like a visual orgasm. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. It's incredible. And the people are just so polite. They're so subtle. They're the antithesis of New Yorkers. Yeah. <laughs> and the antithesis of me at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, gracious, subtle, poetic, polite. Um, yes, very deflective. And so I learned a little Japanese. I made one friend on the tour. One of There, there were a number of other journalists on the tour. Mm-hmm. And I made a friend on the tour. Um, and we, he was my buddy and we hung out together. We got in so much trouble. I'm not going to give it a spoiler alert. I'm not going to tell everyone except to say that we met the Yakuza and got in trouble in deep doo-doo. Wow. And then he and I were curfewed for the rest of the tour. (laughs) (laughs) We were not allowed to go out on our own in the evening in Japan any further. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did it scare you or for you it was just exciting? Both. I think excitement and thrill-seeking was my middle name. Uh... And so danger Mm. didn't really, it didn't frighten me. Interesting. Interesting. Did 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 riding off a cliff scare evil Knievel? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd have to ask him about that. But no, I think he got used to it after a while. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so then why did you end up staying after the tour? Well, during the tour, okay, so, so we... We were introduced to all of the major players in the music industry. Ah, uh, okay. This Japanese publishing company, their record company, their promotion agency, the mm-hmm. radio, the TV, the NHK, which is similar to our PBS. Yeah. yeah we, we, press conferences with like hundreds of newspapers and radio stations. We met everyone. And mm-hmm. one evening eating robatayaki, those are skewers, the delicious little skewers. Mm -hmm. One evening, I was sitting next to the media mogul of Japan, Mr. Kusano, who has since passed away, rest his soul. And he said to me, I need a mascot. I'm like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) A mascot? I don't like sports. I hate football. He said, no, no, I need somebody like you who knows the scene, who can go and get me catalogs from the United States, like up and coming. Now, why did he ask me? A couple of reasons. 
the the manager of Kiss said promised me to get me a gig while in Japan with one of his magazines to write the all telling you know inside scoop of the tour. So they gave me that plum assignment. Wow. I made friends with the editor and a couple of other people at the company because I was fascinated to learn about their culture. I absorbed everything like a sponge. Mm. I had a little tape recorder back in the day, those micro miniature tape recorders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sonys, and I was, I was recording every word so that I could parrot it and speak a little Japanese. Um, anyway, so I made these friends. And they brought up the idea to him. Well, you know, she knows all these musicians that we didn't even hear about because I like to be under the radar. So I was in touch with underground movements that were happening in England uh-huh. and that were happening elsewhere. The punk rock scene, the oh, alternative okay. scenes, musicians that weren't even yet famous in America, let alone they were just coming up in England. So... He asked me, he said, would you like to be this person who goes out and gets these deals for us? And I said, Mm. yes. Mm. Wow. And and so they offered you this position and it was just like, um, sorry, mom, sorry, dad, I'm not coming home for a while. Okay, well, mom and dad had been divorced since I was 14. Oh, okay. And dad did not have any say in the matter because he would have liked me to stay home and be a secretary and get married. Right. Okay. No, you got a little chicky over here. No, I can't picture you being a secretary. Not at all. (laughs) No. And then mom was so excited about, wow, what a fantastic opportunity. So, and she was super off the charts liberal no boundaries so it was everything was okay sure go ahead great Uh, and by the way i was already living in my own apartment since i was before i was 18 i had an apartment in in manhattan oh wow okay awesome awesome okay so was it difficult at all kind of adjusting to to living in another country after growing up in New York or or were you just so excited and so thrilled it was like everything was new and it was fun? Well, I'm not going to go into that right now, Sam, because that's book two. Oh, okay. okay book one ends when I get this job in Japan. Ah, I see. <laughs> so. I see. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I got a whole lot here in your bio I wanted to cover. So I'm, I'm, because I'm, I want to just understand sort of a little bit more of your personal journey. Okay. So, so we can skip over the, 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 the living in Japan for five years. What got you to move from Japan to Europe after that? Okay. When I returned to the United States, I had reverse culture shock. Uh, when, when you become an expat, an expatriate, mm-hmm. and are living abroad for a certain period of time, you adapt. Well, if you don't, then you're probably, I don't know, you're probably somebody that has to find McDonald's in, every, in France, yeah. for example, right. which is like, excuse me, please don't travel. Please yeah. don't embarrass me. Um, okay. <laughs> 
So I mean, if you're consciously looking to learn about other cultures and other people, then yes, you adapt. Right, because that's one of the beauties of travel. It's learning to, to, to be exposed to these different cultures, these different ways of life, different people, and learning about, you know, w- what do they do that, that's different from us? I mean, to me, like, that's what, what adds the spice to life is, is all these different flavors, right? Right, but it's not just learning. It's actually living it. You need mm. to accept it. Because if you don't, you're going to have a hell of a time in that foreign country and you'll be complaining the whole time. Right, right, right. Oh, because this is better in the United States and that's different in the United States. And then you don't really appreciate what you have right in front of you. Right. And I think that you don't need now I could say this. You don't need to travel to accept Mm -hmm. that which is unsavory you don't need to travel physically. Right. You need to travel within. And I can say that in hindsight. Yes. That my external travels throughout my life, for 26 years I lived abroad as a broad abroad, <laughs> that I was searching for me. Mm. And I needed these various, let's say, aspects personality traits, external contrasts to compare to who I was or who I was becoming or who I didn't want to be. It was clothing for me. These were outfits. Uh. So living in a different country was in a way like fashion to me. But I realize that's not it at all. Right. Right. Because as long as you can imagine whatever you want in life, I don't mean want as desire. I mean, imagine anything. You can make it happen. Right. Whatever you want for your life, yeah. Whatever you want for your life or for others or for the world, right? We're connected. Everything is connected. Absolutely. Yeah, so therefore, what you imagine, at least in my case, my Achilles heel was patience. That was the only thing I really needed Mm. more of. Right. And so, yeah. Okay, so, and it's so funny you say imagine, because Sanaya, loyal listener on the Facebook Live, says imagine. Lennon is one of her favorites. <laughs> was one of mine, too, and he is one of the people I am so proud and honored to have met in person. Oh, really? And I will give this little spoiler alert. I was the only foreigner allowed to meet Lennon and Yoko right before he was shot. Oh, wow. They had their Imagine press conference in Japan, not in America. Mm -hmm. I was at the press conference. Oh, wow. And when I shook their hands individually, Mm -hmm. truly there was electricity that went up my arm. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
It was magnetic and magnificent. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. That, that, that's a wonderful place to, to kind of put a pause for a moment because we got to take another break. Um, that, that's amazing. I, 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 you must have so many stories. I want to hear everything. Uh, <laughs> we, only, we only have an hour, so we only got 30 more minutes. So, so when we come back, um, I want to hear a little bit more about, okay, you came back to the States, you had to readjust, what got you to, to Europe, and then you know, that sort of whole decision of staying there for so long and, and, and what brought you back from Europe to the United States. Okay. Okay. All right. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity. And we will be right back after these messages. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Elise Krenzel, author of the upcoming book, Under My Skin. Um, so, Elise, uh, you came back after, uh, uh, was it five years or six years in Japan? Yeah, I, I came back in 1984. Okay. Um, and and uh, I, I remember those days, and, and between, like, 79 and 84 like there were a bunch of changes here in new york it must have seemed a little bit different to you when you came back 
way different. Um, I was way different. I did not know how to adapt to the what I perceived as very aggressive, pushy New Yorkers who did not who asked questions. And maybe this is true of Americans: ask a question, but don't care about the answer. Don't listen. <laughs> hey, just interrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, compared to a very polite uh, Japanese society. Or European, for that matter, European. Northern European. Let me make that distinction. Ah, uh, okay. And so then, uh, how did you end up getting uh, going to Europe from there? Okay, so I was on the bleeding edge, not only of technology, but just, I have a very science fiction type of mind. Hmm. Child of the Star Trek generation, eh? Oh, yeah. And the Jetsons. And the Jetsons, yes. And the Outer Limits. Outer Limits, Lost in Space. All of that. I loved mm. it. Loved it. Me too. Me too. Okay, so Japan was living in the future, first off. Yeah. We had technology in the 70s that didn't even get to the United States for 40 years. Wow. Paper-thin air conditioning units that could hang on the wall. I had a television in Japan that had a switch in the back so you could hear each TV show in its original language. Wow. Wow. I had the first Laserdisc. I had the first wow. Sony Walkman. Wow. Yep, I remember Laserdiscs. Okay, so on and on and on. There were sliding doors, electronically sliding doors that slid horizontally. Maglev trains, the bullet train. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1971, the first train. In wow. Japan. We still don't have it. Yeah, yeah. It's appalling. So let's not go there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was that... <clears throat> I started a marketing agency in New York, which serviced Japanese companies setting up operations in the United States. And I represented Kieran Beer, Shiseido, and a couple of big names. Okay. Big box names, brand names, white label. Mm -hmm. One of the last clients before moving to Europe was Wacol Lingerie, and I helped them do multimedia. That was all the rage. This is now, fast forward, late 80s, multimedia. So I was right there. Mm -hmm. I met a musician, composer, um, and we started collaboration. Mm -hmm. We did this multimedia thing. And then one thing led to another. And boom, I was in Switzerland. 1989. Wow. Right before the wall came down in Germany. Oh, oh, yes, yes. So this collaboration led me to create a video music production piece, live performance piece called Crashland Berlin. Ah. Okay. Okay. Then, years into um, this collaboration, we discovered CDI and CD-ROM 
Ah, yes. This is early 90s. Yep. CDI was a Philips technology, and that was what right. the Europeans were using. Americans were using CD-ROM. CD-ROM, yep. So I always said, we've got to go with what the Americans do, probably because I was American. Yeah. <laughs> but, but more likely because I was looking at a potential market. I've always had this marketing ability. Mm, mm. I've understood the dynamics of it. Right, right. And so we created from this shithole of a, it wasn't even an office. It was a, <laughs> a backyard, I don't know, like cement block, rinky-dink place. Mm -hmm. We created the first CDs that mm. were travel guides. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And my collaborator, he was Mr. Tech, Mr. Mm. Mr. Music, and he created the database, which enabled us to then put in GPS. Uh. The first provider in the world was Belgian. They were then just taking photographs of streets way before Google. Way, uh. This was before TomTom. Which I don't yeah, know if yeah. that ever became uh, a big uh, people thing. use it a little bit more. Um, gammon or gammon, yeah, yeah gammon. But was way good. before that, yeah, 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 we're yeah. talking 1992 here. Wow, oh, wow. 92, 93. Yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. so, so, so j j again, just to show you uh, how much we have in common. So back then, I was doing computer consulting work uh, with my friend John. And we decided to create CD-ROM video screensavers of Japanese animation. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> and so, like, I had this. And then we ended up going from the CD-ROMs. We actually licensed videos and did VHS tapes. And we'd subtitle it and dub it in English. So I got to know a whole lot about Japanese culture. I've never... John went to Japan several times. I've never been to Japan. I'm still looking forward to going there one day. But but uh, uh, I remember those early days and how excited we were because the CD-ROM could hold so much data that and but I remember like his his brother-in-law Henry we, we would like have to run this program to compress the videos and these were short little clips these were like three second clips five second clips that would like randomly play on the screen because this is when After Dark was this big popular screensaver but we'd have to let it run overnight let the computer run for like 24 hours to compress these video clips down that's how how ancient this technology was back then yeah, well, we didn't, I don't think we had video, we had still images, yeah, with, yeah. but we had the GPS. Oh, and there's one thing I want to say that I forgot completely. Mm -hmm. While I was in Japan, in addition to running that talent and booking agency, mm -hmm. I actually am known as the god or godmother or whatever of punk. I introduced punk rock to the Japanese market. Mm. And was the Tokyo bureau chief for Billboard magazine. Ah. So by being that at the right place at the right time, I had access to all that new technology. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. 
And, and, and so we just got like a minute or two before break. So being in the middle of that, like, like in, the, in this, like at the time, sort of high tech, like you said, bleeding edge kind of stuff. I mean, that's a really interesting place to be at the time. Uh, was it challenging for you in any way? Or was it just something that kind of came naturally for you? Like, like, was it, was it easy for you to sort of navigate when things were changing so quickly? I thrive on change. I thrive on being ahead of any curve. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of faith popcorn back in the day. Yeah. Um, or Alvin Toffler, any kind of futurist. Yes. When yes. you say, like, what was the challenge? The only challenges really were the competitors who were stealing our technology. We had to sue quite a number of people oh. in our early days, like with this company, with the, the, the CD-ROM travel guide. So that, mm. was the, that was the challenge. And being the first, before Macromedia and all these companies on mm-hmm. the West Coast, Yep. And before the big publishers in Europe, the Bertelsmans, the Hache, would get wind of what we're doing. So keeping ahead of the curve, bootstrapping this. And then I raised venture capital. I raised two million bucks back in the day, and that brought us to our investors, which were based in the Netherlands. So our little company, four people, we moved to the Netherlands from Switzerland. Ah, ah, okay. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Up the river Rhine. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last break of the show. When we come back, let's talk about uh, what brought you back and like what now that you have like 2020 hindsight, like over this amazing career that you've had over all these years, like what really uh, do you feel are like the most important life lessons that you've gotten from it? Okay. Okay. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook Live. And if you miss any part of this show, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. You can find the, the podcast afterwards on any of your popular podcasting apps. And we will be right back after this. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Host of the new 
podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Elise Krenzel, author of the upcoming book, Under My Skin. Um, so Elise, before I forget, like, I just want to ask you about the book. What got you to write this book? What, what was your impetus for it? Okay, so my whole life, I've never stopped writing, no matter what ah. type of career. And over the years, I decided, oh, I'm going to write some short stories about various events, multi-colored events. So I had a collection of over 100 short stories already in my vault. Ah. And what I decided to do during COVID, January 2020, I said, it's time now to unravel these stories Mm -hmm. and put them in a book. I have a trilogy. This is my magnum opus. Ah. And I've already started book two. Ah, okay. There's just too much to unpack in one book. And come on, nobody's going to read 500 pages. So. Right, right. No. So that's, I spent the year um, during COVID taking care of a sick friend and writing my book. And, and and just out of curiosity, other than the reference to the Rolling Stone song, uh, where did Under My Skin, the title come from? Well, Rolling Stone song is Under My Thumb. Oh, Under My Thumb. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Oh. That's okay. It came from me being able to peel back all the layers of my life mm. to get to the core essence of the person that I've always tried to to become, however, was already that person. Right. Right. And so your your initial question about looking back, right, what what did I gather from this? I can say that all of the exciting or dangerous exploits 
were in a way both an adventure to discover, but also a way of me of hiding my true feelings. If your feelings are suppressed as a child, it may take you a long time to uncover and unpack exactly what they are. Right. You may not even know what they are. There's a lot of people walking around out there that don't even know what they really feel. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting. They don't know how to access it. Right. And, and, and in some ways, that's one of the gifts of the pandemic is forcing people to kind of be with themselves and not be traveling around and doing this and doing that and being all distracted. So for a lot of people, like they finally are being present to what they're feeling and it's difficult for them. It's hard for them because they've never had this, this opportunity before and, and they don't know how to deal with it. So I've always been a seeker. And while in my younger years, I was an external seeker, Something changed when I gave birth to my son, uh, which happened in my 40s. Oh, okay. My one and only ch child. Um, I started seeking within. Mm. So it's really that figure eight. It's a yin yang. Mm. I spent the first part of my life looking outward. I spent the next part looking inward. And where I'm at now is a perfect blend. There is a link between mm. the external and the internal. And that link enabled me to write the book. Ah, I see. I see. So it wasn't like, oh, the pandemic, because again, that would be an external. It wasn't, oh, right. here's a pandemic. Let me write a book. Right. No, right. it was just the perfect timing you talked about magic earlier yes well to me the pandemic was magic and mm. i'm not saying this to diminish the horror and the sadness and the tragedies of right. the former administration who should be jailed let's not go there <laughs> i'm talking about the magic of living in the moment and using that moment to bring forth that which is inherent in you, in your heart, to share, whether with a loved one or the world at large. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, I I have to say, Elise, it's been wonderful having you on the show and, and, and reconnecting with you. Um, you know, I have to say, you probably remember this character from a long, long time ago. You remember Bella Abzug? Of course. Of course. I, I would say you are like her spiritual child. I feel Thank like you, you carry forth her energy. Because I just remember as a kid, because she was so... You know, she was just being her, but she was outspoken. She was, uh, 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 you know, a force to be reckoned with as a, a woman in politics in New York City. I remember she was always wearing the hats. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe tell your listeners who she is just briefly. Who she uh, was? Why don't, why, why don't you? Why don't you? I want to well, give you. Well, the she was a New York politician, mm -hmm. um, and she was also a women's rights activist along with Gloria right. Steinem and Betty right. Friedman, 
Um, and, and yeah, she was, she was like a very, okay, if RBG is demure, mm-hmm. Bella Abzug was chutzpah in your face. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and she actually, uh, she, she ran for mayor of New York City, I think she, um, yes, she, she didn't quite make it, but, uh, um, but yeah, she was a real, and she was involved in New York politics for many, many years, many, yeah. many years. Anyway, uh, so Elise, if, if people want to learn more about you, you have your own PR agency. If, if people want to learn more about you, sign up for your mailing list, where would they go? How would they find you? Okay. Email to be on my mailing list, to get information about under my skin info at undermyskinbook.com. That's info at undermyskinbook.com. They can also go to my website, ekpublicrelations.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Elisa, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I see, uh, both Pat uh, from uh, London and Patty saying uh, they love Japan and they love the Japan- Japanese and Korean soap operas, K-pop. <laughs> so yeah. I see we have a lot of uh, 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 like-minded, like-hearted uh, listeners out there. And and please let me know when you make it back to New York City next time. We definitely have to get together and have a bagel or something. Not just a bagel, Sam. We need to have coffee. Coffee, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so so much and thank you my loyal listeners for tuning in every week i truly appreciate you um i I hope uh you all had a chance to catch my last couple episodes i had some really interesting guests Uh, a couple of weeks ago i had alan steinfeld on talking about his new book making contact uh last week uh michael andre ford talking all about angels and next week i have on charmaine hammond a dear dear friend who has a recent uh, uh, film project uh, that I think you all will find interesting. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Stay tuned later today, of course, at uh, 4 p.m. We have Graham Dobbin in his show, Mind Behind Leadership, followed by Frank Harrison in his show, Frank About Health, and uh, Johnny Tsunami in his show, Planet Pakalolo. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. 
Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.